On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about inheritance tax. And in the second part of the podcast, we have a special guest, Cindy, who's going to be telling us some tax efficient ways to pay school fees. But before we jump straight into that, we thought we'd better talk a bit about inheritance tax because I don't think we've talked about that before. So let's jump straight into today's episode. Welcome to the Medics Money Podcast. My name is Dr. Tommy Perkins and I'm a GP. And my name is Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And yes, you did hear that right. Not only is Ed a doctor, he's also a chartered accountant and a tax advisor. Medics Money empowers doctors and other professionals like you to make better financial decisions. As ever, this podcast is for entertainment only and does not represent any form of financial, legal or accounting advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So I'm here with my Medics Money co-founder, Dr. Ed Cantello. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, Tommy. Not too bad. How are you? I'm good. I feel like we're not in our usual venue, which is my garage, which is the best room acoustically in my house. But the weather today is terrible and it's yeah. just too cold. Yeah, very cold. It has been raining all morning. Let's stop now a little bit. Um, but we have actually managed to uh, you know, upgrade the surfboard. Yeah, I mean, it's still a board. Yeah. We're now using an, an ironing board as our table, so uh, we've we've gone up in the world. No more uh, surfboards in the garage. We're now uh, using an ironing board in what 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 room is this? I'd say it's like the laundry room. Yeah, yeah, utility room. Utility room. Yeah, moving up in the world. It's very well, exciting times. When you left your high-profile job at PwC, probably one of the world's most prestigious accounting firms, working on the Strand in London, did you ever think you'd be recording podcasts in my laundry room? I mean, no, never. You know, on the days when I had like a desk, you know, near the, you know, overlooking the Thames and stuff. You know, now I'm uh, on the ironing board in your utility room. So what are you overlooking now? Uh, well, there's some pile of shoes over there. And uh, if I turn to my left, uh, a washing machine. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you've definitely gone up in the world. <laughs> no regrets about leaving PwC. <laughs> None at all. Excellent. Uh, we've been super busy working in the NHS, but also with our new GP partnership course, which is going amazingly well. So that's been really rewarding for me to help our colleagues out by just telling them what we know, really. Or let's be honest, telling them what you know. You know, it's been uh, it's been good to tell them about some of the tax stuff that I know, and obviously you chipped in with some finance stuff. So uh, it's a team effort. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was all it was a really good, really good first session. I thought. Yeah, and we've got an amazing lineup of the best advisors in the business that are on Medics Money are like stepping up and helping us to educate our colleagues. So that's amazing. Now, if you're not a GP and you're thinking, "Where's my course?" Are we going to say stay tuned on that one, work in progress? Yeah. Maybe down the line, that might be something we, we, we do, absolutely. I'm, I'm aware that we said stay tuned about our book at oh, the start yeah. of the summer. And um, <laughs> we have a lot of, lot of um, you know, um, eyes in the fire, don't we, basically, at the moment? Well, it's because they keep changing all the rules, like National Insurance Chapter needs a total rewrite. Student loans, isn't that? Pretty, yeah, I think that needs a rewrite yeah, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so no, as soon as we Pension finish a chapter... needs a rewrite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every day. Yeah, basically, yeah. So um, anyway, there's lots of works in progress. So let's get straight into it today because Cindy's going to come and tell us about a tax efficient way to pay school fees, which will be relevant if you want to send your kids to private school, if you have kids. But before we do that, I thought we should talk a bit about inheritance tax, the basics, because I think we brushed over this in one previous episode, but I thought it would be good to get your expertise on, on it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, one of those taxes that's going to affect you know all of us one way or another. And it's a 
another tax that people don't know a lot about. Uh, I don't think I would know much about it at all if I hadn't, you know, studied it in my uh, accountancy exams uh, and, and subsequently. So I think it's something that'll be really useful to, to go through. And of course, we'll help keep it at a very simple, basic level um, because it's quite a, a hardcore topic and quite, um, quite difficult to understand, quite complicated. So, uh, oh, and also, by the way, I'm really sorry, I've got a bit of a cold, so my voice is a bit, sounds a bit bunged up. I, I apologize. apologize. But, but yeah, a PCR negative cold, we yeah, should. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it, yeah, it's all, it's all, all clear for, uh, for COVID, <laughs> so uh, that's the one. So, um, yeah, should we, um, should we, we start? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, there have been inheritance taxes in one form or another for, you know, hundreds of years. It's one of the, one of our oldest taxes after sort of stamp duty. You know, they're basically introduced to stop wealth from being concentrated in a few rich families. If you could pass your uh, assets on to your children without any consequence in terms of tax, then of course that would just build up in those families. So the current form of inheritance tax that we have at the moment, that was introduced in 1986, and it's not really kind of changed a great deal since then, but it is pretty complicated. It's got its own massive piece of legislation. We could talk for hours on that. I think um, that would put all of our listeners to sleep. I think I'll put Tommy to sleep. I'll be there, I'll be very happy, but uh, you know, I don't want to put you know, you guys suffer. Um, and also, you know, some people may be listening and thinking, well, why is this kind of relevant to me? And uh, and it's true, it has a lot less day-to-day relevance than income tax and national insurance, which of course is being paid on our, our salaries or locum income or partnership income. You know, it is gonna be applicable to at some point or another to all of us, really. Um, you know, inheritance tax applies on the estate or you know the collection of assets of an individual who who dies so all of us are likely to come across it whether that is when it's levied on the estates of our loved ones or if we want to consider what will happen to our own estates when we pass on and some listeners may want to consider you know utilizing any exemptions that they're eligible to to claim to minimize any future inheritance tax charges um, so we thought uh, we'd give an overview of inheritance tax and these exemptions But of course, as always, our usual caveat applies. Uh, Every individual really needs to consider their own circumstances. We're not giving advice here. We're just trying to empower you guys to understand a bit about this this, this tax and uh, and, and things that you should know about it. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only, which seems kind of crazy, really. But 18,000 people a month are entertained by this. So let's do it. That's it. Yeah. And hopefully this, uh, this won't disappoint. So... With inheritance tax, just like the other taxes that we talked about, there are different rates of inheritance tax. But in this case, or at least for our purposes, there are two primary rates uh, of inheritance tax. So a little bit more, a little bit less complicated than other taxes. You basically have a 0% rate, excellent, and a 40% rate, not quite as good. Although I think it was at one point as high as 85%. So it's come down a, come down a little bit. So this 0% rate, or the nil rate, that will apply... Um, to, I'm going to explain what this means in a minute, but cumulative transfers and assets below the the inheritance tax threshold, which is currently uh, £325,000. And what that means is that if a person dies, what happens is they um, will look at all transfers of value, so assets such as cash, property, etc., over the seven years prior to death and, ag- and start to aggregate them. And once the cumulative transfers of value or assets exceed the £325,000 threshold, uh, the 40% rate applies after that. Okay. And we're using transfer of value here rather than just saying assets because, um, you know, there are ways to transfer you know, an asset at a price that's not quite the value of it. So the government are very clear that it has to be the actual value of the asset, not the amount it was transferred at. But that's that's a, a minor point. The, the point is you have up to £325,000 
zero inheritance tax, above that of 40%, okay? And the starting point will be to look back seven years at all the transfers of income, money, sorry, money um, cash, property, assets that you transfer in seven years, then they move on to your assets at the, at the date of death, at the time of death, okay? So in theory, you could transfer, you know, 325,000 pounds all in one go to someone if you've got that sort of money, and I'm sure not many people have. You can even put them into um, into a trust if you'd like, uh, and that 325,000 pounds would be free of inheritance tax. I just mentioned that because I think it's important for the second part of the, the podcast with Cindy. Definitely. So, you know, you look at transfers that took place from seven years um, prior to death up to the point of death. And then once you've taken into account all those lifetime transfers in those seven years, then the remaining estate of the deceased is then looked at. And as I say, if when the, as soon as the total goes above 325,000, a 40% tax rate applies. Okay. Hopefully that, that makes sense. But there are some um, there, there are some exemptions that uh, apply during an individual's lifetime that will be exempt or will avoid inheritance tax charges, and we thought that's you know something you guys uh, might be interested to know. The first thing to say is that every one of us gets uh, an annual exemption of three thousand pounds. So kind of think of it a bit like your personal allowance for income tax. You get an annual exemption of three thousand pounds. So if you transfer some assets, some cash, etc up to the value of £3,000, then that gets completely ignored when it comes to calculating inheritance tax. And if you haven't used your £3,000 allowance from the previous year, you can use that too. So if I transfer £5,000 to my sister and I've not made any other transfers, that will be completely inheritance tax free because I use my personal or annual allowance for the uh, this year, £3,000, and I can use my last year one as well. Okay, so every one of us gets £3,000 a year. You can transfer no inheritance tax, okay. Secondly, and this is really common for, for the UK tax system, any transfers um, to a spouse or a civil partner, they're also exempt from inheritance tax, okay? There's a little bit of a caveat there um, that everyone has to be what we call domiciled in the UK, which I won't go into, but that is quite important, but we're gonna assume that most people are domiciled in the UK. But as I say, you know, gifts or transfers to uh, a spouse, civil partner, they're exempt. That goes for quite a few other taxes. So if you transfer an asset to um, your spouse, you're unlikely to have to pay any stamp duty, any capital gains tax, any inheritance tax, etc. Okay, so they treat um, couple, you know, civil partners, spouses as a unit for these purposes. You can also give uh, gifts to charities and also political parties. They're also exempt if you if you're so inclined. You know, there'll be no inheritance tax due on, on those mainly because it's the, the donee that pays the tax. And I don't think the political parties really want to end up um, paying inheritance tax on those donations. I wonder who legislated for that, yeah, you know? Yeah, I think those politicians are quite uh, quite keen on that. They're that smarter election. than they look. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, and then the, the another exemption, a third exemption, is when it comes to, to weddings or, or civil partnership ceremonies, you can give a gift to your um, children of up to £5,000 a child um, and that will be inheritance tax free. And also, um, if you have a, if your grand, grandkids get married, you can give up to 2,500 uh, and that'll be inheritance tax free, okay? And that exemption applies per ceremony rather than per kid. So if someone gets divorced and remarried, you can gift another amount of money, inheritance tax free. Um, but that's quite useful because if you're, if you're looking at ways to try and transfer value to your kids uh, and one of them's getting married, that's one way to you know transfer a bit of value, uh, uh, all tax free. Okay, another exemption, 
very uh, small gifts in total up to 250 pounds to any one donee per tax year is also exempt and that's really because um a lot of people are giving small amounts of cash to their grandkids kids family members in, in birthday cards christmas presents etc and i think the revenue would go absolutely mad if they had to calculate the inheritance tax and all of those so if you're paying up to 250 pounds to any one person in a tax year that's also exempt I'd be pretty happy if my auntie gave me 250 grand, uh, 250 quid for my birthday. Uh, even better if they gave 250 grand here. Yeah. 250 grand would be amazing. Be, uh, that would be amazing. But yeah, 250 pounds, you know, it's pretty good, really. Yeah. My, my mom and dad have always had a policy um, that, you know, gifts can never go above 20 pounds. So, uh, you know, I get 20 pounds for my birthday for my mom and dad. Not adjusted for inflation? Nope, nope. <laughs> so it's always been 20 pounds? That's just the way they roll. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, you know. The irony of your dad's not including uh, inflation in the calculation, given that yeah, he is inflation. also an accountant. Yeah, or, or not even think about inheritance tax there either. You know, it's, it's very tax inefficient after the voice of him. <laughs> uh, but, um, and this is actually, um, I think, one of the most useful um, exemptions, which we'll come on to. And this is... Um, Basically, there is an exemption for small, regular gifts out of income that don't affect your standard of living. Okay, um, it's called the normal expenditure out of income rule. And basically, what it's saying is, if you if you're a you know a donor, uh, you're giving money to someone that's habitual, as in a regular gift of money, and it's after after tax income. So you're not uh, it's not pre tax income. So you paid paid your income tax, national insurance, whatever on your money. If you then give regular gifts to someone and it's not affecting your standard of living, then that will be inheritance tax free. Okay, so um, it's quite a useful way to transfer gifts to people uh, inheritance tax free. Because if you imagine you're, um, you know, you're uh, a doctor earning a decent salary, and let's let's pretend for a minute you pay a hundred pounds every month to your you know, your niece, and it's not affecting your standard of living, and it's a regular thing, then you know that should be exempt from inheritance tax. So as long as you can prove that it's not really affecting your standard of living and you're making it more than, you know, a regular thing, you know, that's all inheritance tax free. There are some other exemptions as well. You know, there's a, there's loads of different things about inheritance tax, which I'm not going to go into. It's just a massive topic. You know, there are other um, rules when it comes to transferring business, businesses to someone or um, agriculture, um, you know, fields, etc. There's loads of different kind of reliefs, etc., which I'm not going to go into here. Uh, obviously, if anyone ever wants to know about it, I'm sure we can do a bit more on that later, but I, I can't imagine it'd be too relevant. I'm not sure how many doctors are um, transferring agricultural property, but you know, it's still a useful thing to know for some people because you know, we don't know your circumstances. Knowledge is power, man. Knowledge is it. power. Knowledge is power. Um, and I just wanted to say one last thing about um, the, the kind of the transfer. So we talked a bit about exemptions. We mentioned that, you know, some poor soul will go through all the bank statements for the previous seven years before you die check um for any transfers of value etc um if you if you have been given some money within seven years of someone passing away uh, money or property etc you don't necessarily have to pay the full 40 percent rate because it will actually tax rate will actually go down as time goes on um so the tax rate um if someone dies if you're given money with three years before they um three years before they die that's 40 percent. but if it's five years the tax rate will be a bit less so it's kind of tapered down the, the further away you are from the date of death, okay? Um, and two other small things, if I can tell me if that's all right. Yeah, um, go for it. I've got to, uh, I should, should probably mention, um, if you, if a spouse or civil partner passes away and doesn't use up all of their, their lifetime allowance at 325,000 pounds, that excess will, can be given to the other spouse 
for when they die. So you, you know you won't be use, losing that unused uh, allowance. Uh, and then finally, there is also a bit of an extra um, uh, lifetime allowance for when it comes to property as well, um, which we haven't covered here. But it's a really, it's a, you know, it's a really important tax to know a bit, bit about. There are some useful exemptions you can utilise. You know, it's good to know a little bit about it. But uh, kind of a bit conscious, it's quite a, quite a morbid topic in many ways. Um, and obviously we've got our next part of our podcast uh, with Cindy coming up. But uh, yeah, I thought it'd be a useful overview, just a little bit about inheritance tax. Perfect. I think, as you say, it's really complicated, but if you know a little bit about it, then you can start to think about how it might apply to you and what you can do and basically start giving your nieces and nephews 250 quid, not 20 quid, Yeah, like Ed's parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe a bit more generous than them. That's, that's, uh... Well, at least adjusted for inflation. Like, So you were getting 20 quid when you were like one year old and... Well, they're buying, but I guess they'll buy me toys at that point. So uh, the, the cash kind of came a bit later. Got it's you. been that kind of standard thing. I'm just shocked it wasn't adjusted uh, you know. for inflation by an accountant. Um, well, because your dad is an accountant. Well, it suits him though. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, he's not him. smart. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's very he's, smart, yeah. He's absolutely. Okay, um, let's go over to here uh, from Cindy now. So today I'm delighted to be joined by Cindy Chaplin. Hi, Cindy. Hello there. Could you just uh, give yourself the intro and tell the Medics Money podcast listeners what we're going to be talking about today? Okay, well, um, my name is Cindy Chaplin and I'm a senior manager at Larkin Gowan and I specialise in inheritance tax and trusts and probates. Great. And I saw an article that you wrote, I think I saw it on LinkedIn, about uh, school fees and inheritance tax. So as you say in the article, it's the time of year when the kids have gone back to school after a long summer holidays. What was the weather like for the summer holidays where you live, Cindy? Mm, a bit hit and miss, I'm afraid. Some sunny days, but lots of rain too. Not even joking. Where I live, it was grey and overcast most of the summer holidays. First day back, beautiful weather. So it's <laughs> often the way. And I've just learned about Cindy as well, that you have many cats. One just went past. Can we talk about the cats briefly? We can talk about the cats briefly. I have six of my own, but I'm also a fosterer for Suffolk Animal Rescue. And um, I tame feral cats for rehoming as domestic cats. So I've got two that I'm fostering at the moment. So I have eight cats in my house. I'm, a, I'm the real original crazy cat lady. <laughs> I love that. And you retrain the feral cats. How do you go about doing that? Uh, it, if people think it's some magic formula, but actually it's just time and patience and you wait for them to come to you. Food, most animals will do mo anything for food pretty much. So, uh, yeah. And most people with cats are more in too enthusiastic. They want to, you know, come to me, come to me. Well, that's the last thing you should do. So it is really time and patience. That's all. No magic formula. Brilliant. All right. Well, hopefully we'll uh, see one of the cats again in the background. So <laughs> shall we get into this? Because there's a few ways that you can plan for school fees. And like a lot of things in life, the earlier you start to plan, the better. So do you want to tell me a bit about discretionary trusts and how that can help? Yes. So um, discretionary trusts, um, you can set up a trust and ideally it would be a grandparent that sets up the trust. You can put in to the trust up to £325,000 per grandparent to keep you within IHT limits, providing you've not made any gifts, other capital gifts within the previous seven years. So you can put your assets into the trust. Those assets will generate income. Often people put company shares in there. They'll generate an income. The trustees will pay tax on that income. 
you then use that net income to pay the school fees and the children can then claim back the tax that the trustees have paid. That probably seems like quite a long process, but actually the, the main benefit of that is that you're removing that £325,000 out of the estate of the grandparent. Okay, yeah. You can do you can do it for you can do the same thing with parents, but if parents make trust for their children and income is paid to or for the children, it's still taxed on the parents. So it really only works if parents make the trust if you're looking at um, university fees. So once the children get past 18. Okay, that seems like a really key point. So if the children are under 18 then it will be taxed uh, at the parents' rate. But once they're over 18, it's on the kids. So that's really yeah. suitable for higher education. Have I understood that correctly? You have got that, yeah. Okay. The next thing is definitely not going to apply to everyone, but I'm really interested in these niche kind of things. So tell me about how you could use business and agricultural assets. Well, in the same way, really, you can put them into a trust, but because business and agricultural assets often are um, inheritance tax exempt, you can you can put in assets into a trust without limit. Obviously, there are conditions that have to apply before you can claim agricultural relief or business relief. But if they do apply, that's often a good way of getting more assets into a trust. Yeah. So what sort of things are agricultural assets? Uh, farmland, uh, farm buildings, things like that. Huh. And obviously business assets would be private yeah. company shares, et cetera, that sort of thing. Okay. And what about for making provision for dependent relatives? What can people do about that? Well, this is a often little used um, corner of the inheritance tax legislation where you can make a trust for your children to cover their the costs of their full-time education. Um, the downside of that is you kind of need to – you need to – have a good idea what it's going to cost up front and anything that is you put aside which is in excess of their costs will be taxed on you as a normal gift yeah okay and what about if hmrc uh, think it's excessive does that what happens there well as i say they will then tax it they will then tax it on you as if it was a normal gift ah okay so you got to be careful there okay you do yep and then the final way that you suggest to, you could pay school fees is by a school fee plan. What is that and how does it work? Well, I mean, we don't generally advise on these. We normally would um, introduce our clients to financial advisors. But basically, it's kind of an invest. It's almost like a savings and investment plan where you start saving as soon as you possibly can for your school fees. Um, but I would say you need to be saving when the, from when the children are born if not before, to get the best the best value out of it. Because as you as you probably know, school fees are not cheap. Yep. So they tell me. Um, all my kids go to state school. But <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That was an amazing quick summary um, of how inheritance tax can help in uh, paying school fees. So thank you so much for that. I better let you get back to looking after all of the cats. If people want to get hold of you, should I pop your contact details in the show notes below? Is that the best way to go about it? That would be great. Yeah, please. I had this oh. horrible feeling you might say, what are your contact details? I was going to be scrabbling around trying to find them. It's fine. <laughs> I'll drop them in the notes below. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much uh, for that 
uh, guide today. And um, there's also a blog as well, which uh, I'll put in the links below, which explains things in a bit more detail. And thanks so much for your time. Thank you.